0: Uh welcome back, confidants, to another educational, healthy, informative episode of Confidently Insecure, the podcast where we are absolutely sure we don't know everything. I am your host, Kelsey Dara, and boy oh boy, is this week's topic something I am terrified about. I'm so excited to introduce this this week's guest is not terrifying oh no 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 she's like the opposite she's like a warm (laughs) hug your sister your bff on tiktok i'm sure you've seen her viral videos she is christy snodgrass but on tiktok you are christy prn and you are a nurse and a nurse advocate so christy thanks so much for coming on the pod thanks for having me kelsey i'm so happy to be here you are just like a ray of fucking sunshine in a topic (laughs) that is like so cloudy and dark and i just have to commend you for like your bold brash brazen. and when you popped up on my for you page i was like oh my god this woman is doing the lord's work and i just had to reach (laughs) out you were like yes let's talk and i want to like ask how do you describe what you do to people who maybe haven't seen your tiktoks before
1: so now, you know, I've been a nurse for eight years. Um, I, I told the story in my TikTok, but I recently quit my job so that I could full-time advocate for what is essentially healthcare reform. Um, I like to just educate people on what's going on in the healthcare field because uh, i think that the public is very unaware of how healthcare is working and how it's affecting both you know patients and healthcare workers so yeah. that's what i do now um, i'm not involved in any policy writing political not, none yeah. of that yeah um, my job now is just to educate the public and have them do it with do what they please with that information
0: Amen, and I think that's why I was like so terrified of this subject. Is it's because like healthcare and healthcare reform is something that does seem so like adult. And I'm 31, like I'm a full grown adult, and I'm still like, you yeah. know, that's like an adult thing. Like your mom calling. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, it does feel so rooted in politics. It can feel very unapproachable. It can feel very. um, like there's no world in which I think of healthcare and not feel incredibly stressed out and sad. And like the, it becomes a chore on my to-do list of life. But I mean, first of all, back it up, just a hot sec. You were a nurse for eight years. Thank you so much for everything you've oh, done. Wow. And I'd love yeah, no, to I know.
1: Loved
0: it. Yeah, Would well, tell me what like the last year of your life personally and professionally has looked like. Like Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Where do I
1: start? Right. Um, <laughs> so this last year I've been working like more on the administrative side of nursing. So I was a bedside nurse, you know, taking care of patients for, Five years. Um, After that, I moved on to a role called case management. Mm -hmm. So my job in the hospital basically was to uh, do this impossible balance of getting the patient what they need while still looking after the the hospital's bottom line. And spoiler alert, it's not possible. Um, So yeah, so that's what I was doing this past year before I quit my job and then COVID hit and I experienced the type of burnout that I have never experienced in my nursing career. Um, You know, I've experienced burnout before where, where I just didn't want to go to work. I was always so stressed out. I had so much anxiety and that's one type of burnout that I'm familiar with. But the type of burnout I, I, you know, experienced last year was the type of burnout where I I was just apathetic at one point, Mm, like, mm. You just, and it's not that you're not compassionate to your patients. It's not like you don't care or you're kind. But when you stop feeling bad, uh, that is a dangerous place to be, and especially for any healthcare worker. Right. Um, so I, I started experiencing that last year, and I started mm. talking to you know my family, my husband, and I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, I feel I went into this side, the administrative side, because I thought like, Hey, maybe if I'm on this side, I can help the patients more. Right. And it just wasn't possible. I felt like I was a part of a system that was very manipulative. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't the doctors. It wasn't the nurses. It wasn't the people on the ground actually taking care of the patients. It was just the system, uh, which we have set up here is just it's not patient focused and I felt like I couldn't do enough inside the system. So mm. I thought I'm going to leave the system and see what happens. So that's Hell what yeah. my past year has,
0: that's what my past year has been like. And
1: yes. it's been a little crazy, but
0: I'm weighing it. I mean, honestly, like it, it gives me chills. Cause I, I see you as like this whistleblower, like you really are someone who saw the system inside to out. I mean, you You knew the bedside care. You know what that takes. You know what that looks like. Then you get into the weeds of it where you're working for the man, let's say. It's definitely a man who's running all this shit. Yeah, for sure. I know that. Yeah. And then for you to be so like, I don't, I can't think of another word, but like, fuck it. You were just like, fuck this and fuck it. And I am going to tell you guys the truth of what I've seen. And from it coming from you feels so much different than a news reporter or a patient because there isn't like neutrality in those situations and you really bring that neutrality of like listen i'm not saying everybody's an angel who comes to the hospital but i'm also not saying that the hospital is an angel and you you are able to talk about an array of subjects from things of like COVID and vaccines and vaccinations all the way to specific line items on a bill to, you know, like just the stuff that all of us regular folk just shudder at when we think of the healthcare system. Do you feel like as important as you are, because you are. <laughs> no. So, Chelsea, this has been a wild
1: ride. For I me. Keep in mind that my, my TikTok is like six months old. So it's like zero to like 350,000 in less than a year. Oh my so gosh. I'm like flying by the seat of my pants right now. And I've that. I've met with several different organizations within mm-hmm. the past week. And they're like, what's your plan? What's your plan? I'm like, a plan? Uh,
0: a plan? Uh, <laughs> interesting interesting idea plan. I'm like, like I, I yeah I should get one of those that's a good idea No but um, I mean like that's also like when you become public facing now you're entering like my territory now you're in like influencer world I hate to say the word influencer I much more, it doesn't prefer, like, make you shudder a little bit where you're just like oh it's but not it. our fault it's yeah. society but like creator advocate ally yeah. like there's a whole business side of this that like girl we can talk offline like I could talk you through that like we I should yeah. definitely we should definitely have a conversation side conversation yeah, about please that. do help me, Kelsey, yes. help me. Yes. but are you like and this might be like a bold question but are you like afraid at all of these companies or hospitals or insurance companies like coming after you Oh, 100%. And it's not just hospitals or insurance companies. It's like,
1: I have major imposter syndrome, like every single day. Like I am just a nurse, came off the bedside. I know, you know, a little bit about the administrative side, but I am not the smartest person in the world. I don't know everything. And I will fully admit that up front. I am just trying to open up the conversation. But I do, I think about that all the time where somebody's going to come back mm-hmm. at me and be like, oh, well, who's this, you know, no. RN with
0: no, oh, de- no, you know, no, no pertinent degree here? Like, if we all know, I feel like the majority of the world knows that like the nurses are the people really that know what's going on. Like the doctors, we all think of like Grey's Anatomy, like God right. complex And we're like, the nurses are the real deal. But like you, you definitely are ripping the bandaid and like kind of um, opening the curtain behind these uh, subjects that like, what gets to me the most about what you're talking about is like, we have been. Believed our whole life as a society Mm -hmm. that a hospital is the number one safest place, the place that's supposed to help you, that never lets you down, can fix it all. And I saw, I learned from your talk, TikTok, so much. But one thing I learned is that the number one cause of bankruptcy in America is healthcare debt, or like, what's the proper term? Is it health medical debt? Yeah, medical Mm -hmm. debt what and no one's talking about this no one's like insane
1: so we are going bankrupt to stay alive like this blows my mind and i have people from like all other countries now i'm not you know i'm not getting into the whole debate but i have people from all other countries who are a yes that america has to pay so much mm-hmm. to stay alive mm-hmm. and it's funny because i just watched this tiktok the other day of this guy who was going around i think he was in the uk and asking people like how much oh yes they, they thought is <laughs> costs in america and he would go up to people and he'd be like how much do you think it costs to have a baby in america and they're like it costs to have, yeah. yes. like yes. to
0: have a baby in America. Like you're
1: paying money to have a baby in America. Like it's just, but that's, that's what we've been conditioned to yes. do. Like we don't know any difference. So whenever we yeah. start to open up the conversation, people are just so used to how it's been right. um, that they don't know what it could be. Um, right.
0: And we don't know how to self-advocate either again, because insurance is built to be so confusing and so, mm-hmm non like helpful <laughs> in my opinion right. um like we're we're constantly like oh thank god i have insurance because of this thing um yeah and, and i know the video exactly that you're talking about there's another guy too that i think you would love on youtube i forget his name i'll, I'll find it and link it below but he mm-hmm. brings uh other healthcare workers from different countries to play like a game with him where they guess certain prices of things and like yeah. then you get that healthcare workers response too of like what? No, what it actually costs the hospital is this. And like, what you're being charged is this. That's, that's crazy. And so I guess like, you know, I have to imagine those hatery comments of course, stand out to you. Of course, I'm sure they, they get to you, but also like, you have to know how many people you're helping to understand their own rights to become their own advocate. Yeah. And
1: Kelsey, that is my main goal. That is why I have a TikTok, you know, I have those, the funny videos in there because I got to get my weirdness out. I just, yes,
0: we love that. I need
1: an outlet. But my main goal, of my TikTok is to just get the people, the resources they need so they know their rights and they know how they can advocate themselves and not just, not just patients, but nurses and doctors. There's this Ooh. big misconception that healthcare is run by healthcare workers and it mm. is not. Um, even in that take that that uh, TikTok that I that blew up um, yeah. about you know the pricing transparency, people were on there like, oh, these doctors are just charging so much. And I'm like, doctors have zero control over your prices in the hospital. I don't know if you know that, but doctors do not set the prices. They don't even know the prices. Yeah. And the amount of healthcare workers that I come that come on my platform and are like, what? Is this is happening? Because I didn't know. As a bedside nurse, I had no idea what anything cost whatsoever. Um, and patients would ask me and I would look around, like trying to find somebody who knew the knew the answer, and you can't. Right. Uh, so much of this is negotiated on the back end, which is another just thing that blows my mind. Like, you have no idea hmm. what kind of debt you're gonna go into when you go into the hospital and you have to just get the services and find out later. Yeah. And, uh, that's a little, uh...
0: That's backwards. I loved yes, the backwards. like comparison you made on your TikTok about like the car salesman. You're <laughs> like, imagine if a car salesman was like, "You need this. You have to buy this car, but I'm not going to tell you the price until after because I don't want like our competitors to see because we care about you." And you're like, "Oh well, when you put it that way, it does oh, seem so fucked up." And like, I'll try not to get too into the weeds of like any specific inspection instances. So I I Mm -hmm. guess like, and also we have a large international audience on this podcast too. So I I feel like they're also going to be just like shocked and horrified. And all the comments are going to be filled with people just being like, wow, our healthcare is free or like universal, or, you know, we don't even have to pay for that sort of thing.
1: Right.
0: I guess like my overarching question is like, what the fuck are we (laughs) supposed to do? Right? Like I take in all your information, I soak it in. And then I'm like, What do I do about it? (laughs) What can I as a person do about it? That is
1: the big question, Kelsey, and I've been partnering with other organizations who actually are working on the political side, but it doesn't matter how much policy that you write, how much you campaign, if the public is not aware, they're not going to vote for it. Um, so that, that, again, is the part that I'm working on. The more that we share this info, the more that it's out there, the more that the, edu- the public is educated about it, the more we'll be informed whenever that policy actually hits the table, we'll know, oh, this is what we need to vote for. I'm educated on this. I know what's happening now. This is what needs to change. Right. And that's where I'm at. Uh, other organizations are pushing it forward, like on the, the, the policy and the political end, Um, but I'm just making sure that the public has the information they need to make an informed decision.
0: Right. Right. And, and I think that that's like the most important part, arguably, like I said, you're kind of like the wizard of Oz guy behind the curtain. That's like, I'm revealing it all to you and like (laughs) do what you will with this information. Um, and I think it, it's like, it's such a breath of relief too, that you do make the silly ones because it's such a frustrating topic. It's so nice to see you being human and seeing you being sassy and like responding (laughs) back to comments with science. Like I, (laughs) I think that that's exactly the attitude we have to take. And I wanted to get your opinion too, on being a woman in healthcare who, you know, I've done a lot of content around chronic pain in my life. And, and I've done a lot of advocacy work on women in uh, the chronic health care Uh, excuse me, chronic pain community of just Uh how we are often underrepresented, aren't listened to, um, even marginalized women have it 10 times worse. Um, Did you see like firsthand one uh or the other of seeing like how people are treated in hospitals because i know you have because i've seen some of your tiktoks about like donors and things but i'd like you to kind of also pull back that curtain a little bit more too yeah
1: so as far as my role like nursing is obviously a female-dominated profession i also think that that's probably why it's a highly abused uh, profession. Um, I think that's why we're not paid well. I mean, that's not the only reason why there's There's a multitude of reasons. Um, But I did see this uh, whenever I was working in the hospital, Um, even though the grounds people are mostly uh, women, the upper management uh, has a lot more uh, men. And there was, you know, it's, it's kind of, a difficult subject to approach because mm-hmm. i never i never like felt myself like i was being singled out for anything but mm-hmm. i do feel like i was not taken seriously like mm-hmm. i was whining like um, i wasn't strong enough you know if you can just be more resilient and that is um, a characteristic that mm-hmm. is drilled into nurses you need to be more resilient. You can't be crying over everything. You need to toughen up. Um, And I think that is, just so detrimental to how we need to be um, Mm -hmm. especially for our patients now we can't be blubbering in a corner every (laughs) time a person dies like I get that like there needs to be some coping mechanisms there but this idea that we just need to take it and take it and take it has led to what is now happening in our profession where there is a mass exodus where women and men and nurses are saying I'm not doing this anymore Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be treated like this I'm not Gonna be paid like shit and treated like shit. No. Um, in fact, one of my one of my um, fellow TikTokers that I love will tell says this line that I absolutely love. She says, "You can treat me like shit, or you can pay me like shit." Yeah, can't can do, both. do <laughs> both. so it, you know, nurses are just sick of it, sick yeah. of it. So there's been a mass exodus, and people think that it's solely because of COVID, and COVID was the last straw, definitely. Yeah. Um, but it's been Escalating over years. We've right. been begging for safer staffing for years. We've been begging for better pay for years, better care for our tr- patients, and it's just not happening. So, nurses are all okay,
0: bye. I'm and, out. Yeah, and I think that that's like such a big, um like, that's something that regular old folks are seeing and are terrified of because we're going, like, again, oh shit, the one place that I'm supposed to go for help, like, they're not okay. So how are we going to be okay? And then you get the conspiracies and the hoaxes and the don't trust the hospitals and blah, blah, blah. You get all that. And it's, it's so, misleading because again like it all comes back to this idea of like the system is broken Mm -hmm. and we have to dismantle that column somewhere and if it's coming at the expenses of nurses it's like fuck that's the wrong brick to be taking out of the wall exactly
1: it's such a fine line to toe to especially Uh what i'm doing now i'm making a lot of healthcare workers mad occasionally because they're like hey like we're working in these systems and these patients don't like already don't trust us because they don't trust the hospital. So I'm trying to make that very fine distinction of like, Hey, it's not your healthcare worker. It's not your doctor. It's not your nurse, your respiratory therapist. It's not them. We need to be putting the blame on the people that need to carry the blame. And that is mostly insurance companies and hospitals because they're the one doing this back and forth with the prices. They're the one saying what patients can and can't get And, you know, it hurts the patient, but it hurts us, too. Mm. Um, So, it is is such a hard, a fine line to toe because I want to reveal what's happening in the healthcare system, but I want to be very clear that the large majority of healthcare workers you can trust.
0: Fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. I can confirm this. I'm actually wearing Quince pants (gasps) right now. You are. They are so. They're they're loose. They're breezy. These babies have a button, a fly, drawstring, and elastic in the band. So I can like I can dress them up. I can dress them down. Yes. They are. They're the perfect pant for summer and I'm really comfortable as hell in them. Honestly I am wearing the Quince 14 karat gold earring loop right now. Oh my God. I know I think it's so cute. It does not tarnish. It is so comfy and I have sensitive ears so I'm really loving this for my body. So get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Kelsey for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Kelsey to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com you guys, I don't even. have, I feel like you could just do this ad read with me. At this point, I don't even have to like look at my notes. I don't have to pull up the copy. I it, it, this brand and company is just so close to my heart. Uh, I wish I could like tattoo. Maybe I will tattoo them across my body at some point. Anyways, you know I am talking about BetterHelp. If anything is interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's safe private online environment so convenient that you can start communicating with a therapist in under 24 hours with my personal experience i just switched therapists and i was manifesting a young witchy boss bitch and i was like there's no way this exists in a therapeutic community well guess what it does. It did. I found her on BetterHelp. I'm obsessed with her. I am so excited to talk to her this week. We just got back from our European vacation, and I have so much to catch her up on. And I I could have done sessions with her while I was in Europe. That's how easy it is to schedule. I do video sessions. Um, I message her all the time, and she gets back to me within 24 hours. We can talk about anything. They have therapists who specialize in depression, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflict confluence, Hmm. LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem. There are so many people that have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you're going to get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp h-e-l-p dot com slash c-i my sweet confidants i want to tell you about hello fresh where you can get fresh pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering <laughs> seasonal recipes delivered right to your door skip trips to the grocery store and count on hello fresh to make home cookie easy fun and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit, baby. You know I am all about that life of not having to leave my house if I don't have to, and especially if I don't have to spend that much money, which is why I love HelloFresh. And especially with fall coming up, Hello, we know we are busy. We've got back to school, back to life. But HelloFresh recipes save time you'd otherwise spend meal planning, shopping, and shopping so you can get back to what matters. You know, like watching TV in in Sessie Town. Um, with your friends. (laughs) And HelloFresh's family-friendly menu is a big win for back-to-school season with easy, delicious recipes for drama-free dinner. I got the calorie smart box because I did just come back from a European vacation and mama, you know, needs to just be feeling good and fresh. I had so many different kinds of carbs and inflammatory foods that I was like, I need a nice little refresher, a little break seas from the croissants. So I got the calorie smart box. And let me tell you, Jared has been having such a great time cooking them. (laughs) Sit back, relax, make him put on an apron. He gets some, like, little Italiana Bossa Nova music playing, and he cooks for his queen. That's right. You can go to HelloFresh.com slash confidently14 and use code confidently14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. That's going to HelloFresh.com slash confidently14 and use cord, cord... Don't use the cord, use the code confidently14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Right. And, and has no, nothing to do not with this uh, trickery. Yes. <laughs> Which it it's feels not, like. Uh, yeah Yeah, it it feels like and i love the line you use and i'm like thinking about using it for the title of this episode of like hospitals think you're stupid hospitals think you're dumb and like here i'm gonna give you like the weaponry you need to be like oh no no and i actually did that for a and and anyone who's listened to the podcast knows the episode about where i accidentally stuck a boric acid pill up my urethra instead of my vagina and i went to the (laughs) emergency room because it was so painful and then when i got the bill oh and they didn't do anything by the way the doctor like <laughs> looked at it and was like you're fine just wait for it to like melt. yeah wait for it to melt you're not gonna get boric acid poisoning and I was like okay thank god and uh the bill came back as like it charged 40 dollars to take the pills from the the tray and like self-administer the pills and I was like oh well I'm yeah. absolutely not paying that like I'm gonna call <laughs> them and say nope. no and I didn't even know I had that right or Power as a patient, because again, Mm -hmm. it feels like they level up hospitals. And there's there there is like a sector of the hospital. Tell me if I'm wrong. That is some sort of like patient advocacy payment people that do. There are there are in a lot of
1: hospitals. Yeah, and
0: and and it toes that difficult line of like, well, at the end of the day, they work for the hospital, and Mm -hmm. they are going to have to protect that at all costs, but also why are they in a job of advocacy if not to really advocate for patients? I don't know. Yeah, definitely that. And,
1: that, and that is one of the things that just pisses me off. I hate the fact that in order to advocate for patients, I had to quit my job. Ugh. I had to quit my job as a nurse to avoid retaliation for mm. advocating for other nurses and patients. Like how, how does that make sense in any way? Um, but yeah, it's just this, this fine line that we toe because they have these positions in the hospital patient advocates, or what I did was case management, trying to right. get, you know, all the, the things that a patient would need in the hospital. And um, it's funny because that was my job to get the patient safely through their hospital stay and get them whatever supplies that they needed at home as well. And yet every day we would go to these meetings um, called the length of stay because how long a patient stays in the hospital is very important to the hospital. And every day I would sit with administrators who would listen to my patient's cases and say, do they really need that? Um, Should should you get them that, that, uh, that therapy? And I'm like, Yes. They need it. And there's occasionally times where I can make do, but we aren't doing what's best for the patient. We're trying to give them the least amount possible so that it doesn't come back on us. That is exactly what, what they wanted us to do. Give the patient the least amount of care possible so that we don't get sued. And that's what it's about now. And I cannot take it. Now there's these opposite uh, effects that happen too. Right. So, cause some procedures make a lot of money. Mm. So there's sometimes that we're doing extra that we shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Um, but the large majority of the time it's like, give the patient just enough to get them by and then send them out the door. Right. And you know i i can't do that. how am i how am no. i supposed to be in a role no. where i'm advocating for the patient yet i have administration down my back every single day telling me give them less give them less give them less so no. yeah it's it's really hard
0: and, and it's crazy because i'm sure those people that are in those administrative positions don't interact with people on a daily basis and don't know them personally and don't know their you know i say sob story but it really like it really is like it makes you sob their story and it, that's what like the problem with uh, the American healthcare system is, is we're treating us like cattle and not like people. It's like, let's get them in, let's get the most out of them and get right. The least responsibility. And I think, so you've got like villain one, right. Which is like these big hospitals, not the healthcare workers themselves, but the actual like hospital people. And then right. you've got villain number two over here, which is your fucking insurance people, the insurance oh, companies. No. And like, I don't even, even I know, I'm like, I don't yeah. even know where to begin with the you know, insurance conversation. I don't even know it, how to start it. It
1: is insane because I've, I've been a nurse for eight years and I'm like scratching the surface of how complicated our insurance companies are. And if I don't get it. The public sure as hell doesn't get it. I don't get and it. It's, and it's meant to be that way. Right. I mean, they do all these things. You have to go through, you know, all these different processes just to get the minimum amount of care that you need. It's crazy right. the amount of stuff that I had to do in hospitals, um, like to get a patient oxygen. I had to fill out five different forms. They had to go through five different tests. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of all that, and I have a video on this, at the end of all that, it's the insurance did not think their diagnosis was good enough to have oxygen, too bad, go home, die, I guess, like don't, I guess. don't breathe,
0: I don't, you know? Right.
1: It, and it's, it's insane because these insurance companies are practicing medicine, that's what that is. The doctor is supposed wow. to be dictating what a patient needs and doesn't need based on their assessment. The patient is right in front of them. We'd have eyes on them. Insurance company never yeah. sees them. And we can give them all the documentation in the world showing how much a patient needs what they need. But if the insurance company decides that that's not good enough, then they're stuck. And I know the argument is made all the time. Well, they're not practicing the medicine because, you know, the patient can still get it. They'll just have to pay out of pocket. No, they can't because then the hospital charges them tens of thousands of dollars for that procedure whatever it is that they need. So they literally, hospitals and insurance companies back you into a corner. So you have to depend on both of them, yet you can't,
0: you don't get what you mean.
1: Right. Um, so yeah, I, insurance companies is just like
0: that. It's a whole nother like, and there's no way to talk about that without talking politics with universal right. healthcare and privatized mm-hmm. insurance. And I know you've done some videos on it where you I, really- yeah break it down and I love that you use graphics because I'm a visual person Mm -hmm. so if you were just talking to me like that yes I would be like (laughs) I still don't get it I know you're (laughs) bringing it down like I'm five but I still don't understand but I think like it's Especially, you, you know, we this whole time we've just been assuming you're a regular old person who's had an accident or, or a sudden condition and you got to go in and you have no choice and you're, you're, you know, uh, pushed into a corner. Whereas like, right. I also think of it and come from it personally as someone with a condition that, and I don't have to like explain every, you know, how it happened, but I had a surgery on my jaw where a doctor unfortunately damaged and cut the nerve that, controls the feeling and um, movement in my face. So it was something that I went to a hospital to get help for. And then I came out 20 fucking times worse. My life yeah. completely different. I mean, this is what I'm actually writing my second book about right now is about chronic pain and how do we manage and navigate? Because I feel that I've been through the Western way of things yeah. And I've seen what a $250, you know, 10 minute conversation looks like I've seen what a $10,000 retainer looks like, like, I've been lucky and privileged enough, obviously to have insurance, but I'm paying $600 a month. For insurance yeah. to have to then go see specialists who aren't covered by my insurance anyway, like part oh of me is like, gosh. what the fucking, what is the point of insurance at the end of the day? What the fuck is the, is point? the point? Like, <laughs> like
1: seriously, um, and I, I've talked about this too. My, yeah. I have a son with autism, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's insane because my husband and I are now self employed. We pay for private insurance. We pay a thousand dollars a month a thousand my face for all of us and then my son you know goes to different therapies um and none of his they they exclude him no, exclude before he ever had a chance before,
0: before they even I, ever
1: knew him that they excluded him they have they have the clause that says no services for autistic diagnosis none And not medications, not therapies, not special doctor visits, none. So in addition to paying thousand dollars a month, on top of that, we pay like probably seven to eight hundred more dollars a month just to get him the therapies that he needs because it's all out of pocket.
0: And this might be Um, a dumb question, but like in your case, is there a way and this might also be a question you were like, I don't fucking know, but yeah. Is there a way to ever take a diagnosis off of your, like, insurance chart? Like, could you go, like, all of a sudden, like, just kidding, that doctor messed up. We're really not here with an autistic diagnosis. Like, is there a way to ever start to new as a brand new person? With you
1: know, like, I don't know what the legal answer is, but um, whenever we switch insurances, I look at what they cover and what they, what they don't cover, and then...
0: We are those people, yeah. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> I am the same way. I'm like, I don't know, but you know what's crazy, and this is a little bit of a tangent towards mental health, health care, which is health care. Um, yes, I've heard of. Friends of mine that have been tweeting because they're comedians and they're in the entertainment business about their mental health conditions. And mm-hmm. then insurance companies will deny them certain things and say, Well, your tweet says you have depression and anxiety and uh, generalized anxiety disorder. So oh my God. we are not. And and I'm like, Wait a minute. Is that legal? And of course it is. I they can do it. The they
1: they're a private company. Are you? How how are they like? How do they have this much power? I, don't I know. cannot wrap my head around it. Right. it no, it, it it's insane. And mental
0: health care is oh. non-existent. Yeah, not like don't even get me started. It go is to prison. That's your option: is go to yeah. prison or pay a thousand dollars a month.
1: <laughs> yeah, and what what sucks about it is mental health care that is you know not being taken care of here in the United States. Ends up in the ER. Yes. All your social issues, all your poverty issues, all your mental health issues—it ends up in the ER. And yep. then somebody like me, who's supposed to get these patients' resources in the <sighs> hospital, I'm like, "You have none. Yeah, you have none. So we and can't I, give I, you I mean, things. Yeah, we can't. I mean, I." I you know, leave out uh, identifying information. I had a patient or multiple patients um, come into the hospital needing mental health care. Say it was for maybe suicidal ideation, maybe Mm -hmm. they said they were gonna hurt themselves or others. Where I live, we have pretty much one uh, hospital that will take uninsured patients. Wow. Um, That hospital has like one floor open. For the size of city that we are, that is unacceptable. Like it, right. it's, it's impossible. So what'll happen often is um, if we can't get the patient placed anywhere, if we've tried our best, tried out of town facilities, nobody wants to take a patient that doesn't have insurance. Right. Um, they will just wait until the patient says, Oh, I'm not suicidal anymore. Oh, you're not? Cool. Go home. And I, that, ha- ah, like that happened all the time. We were yep. in the hospital. We had the patient. We couldn't get them a bed anywhere right. where they needed to be in a psychiatric mm-hmm. facility. Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. would wait day after day, reevaluate them, reevaluate them. Oh, you're not suicidal anymore? Okay, go home. Great.
0: Right. Get out now right. where the window is.
1: Great. Right. I'm
0: yeah. sure you're fine. You said you were
1: fine. So I'm sure yeah. you're fine.
0: You know? Yeah. Yeah. The, yes. the story I told about the urethra Borg acid bill there, there's like a, a section of that story that I talk about, that there was a, a private room that we got taken into because the public uh, spaces with the little like curtains being drawn back and forth were filled with people in different versions of psychosis, you know, yeah. uh, handcuffed to the bed. And the doctors came in and were are like, Oh, we're so, you know, I'm not blaming the doctor. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Maybe hey, the go pa- go. The, pa- the patient advocate people would come in and say, "We're so sorry about this. Let's take you to a private room." That eventually costed me, by the way. They did, they charged <laughs> me to go into a private fucking room uh, <laughs> that they were trying to keep me away from, like this this stuff happening in there. That you know, they'd say they're uninsured or they're unhoused, and we can't. And yeah. in the way to the private room, in the hallway, was a young teenage kid handcuffed to the side of the bed that was just in the hallway in the hallway mm-hmm. that was leading to the door to the private ER room that I got brought into and I'm sitting there going like what I mean besides being white female insured cis hetero like privilege what can like we do to not make ourselves so specially taken care of and at the end of the day it comes down to money It's like, Mm -hmm. if you have the money to get the care and that's not what health care is about, right? It's about helping people. And I don't blame you for quitting your job. I commend you. I think we need more people to do that if they are in a position to do so, to say Mm -hmm. like, this is where we're failing our people. And this is what you guys aren't getting to see. And I mean, like I said, mental health is a whole nother, tangent that I could go down because that's also my oh yeah me too I mean I can <laughs> yeah yeah you know I'll you live. got you got <laughs> you got stories for sure and uh I'm just excited to see what you keep exp- exposing and and yeah. telling us and, and armoring us with it as patients and um I guess like not to try and put a hat on the whole conversation but is there some things you could leave us listeners with um to prepare us <laughs> for battle the next time we have to go to the hospital um, or like you know just as patients rights like what are your basic tips or steps or like you know here's what you need to know for the next time one of us ends up in a hospital
1: yeah um Read what you're signing when you first get into the hospital. Um, A lot of that has, you know, your financial responsibilities on there. And if you don't want to sign it, you don't have to sign it. Uh, Hospitals have MTALA, which is basically a rule that says anybody who comes into a hospital. Now, there's a caveat at the end. But anybody who comes into the hospital in an emergent, a truly emergent situation has to be treated no matter what, whether they can pay, whether they can't pay, it doesn't matter, they have to be treated. Um, After that, if you can't pay, then they can transfer you out to like a public hospital or whatever. Um, But they cannot technically refuse to treat you in an emergent situation uh, if you don't, if you can't pay or you won't pay. Um, wow. I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah. So there's, there is a big one there. The other thing is there's not much you can do while you're in the hospital, but if you have somebody who's trying to, um, push you out of the hospital, uh, wanting to discharge you faster than what you think is necessary. Now, of course, listen to your doctor because some people want tests that just aren't pertinent to their care. Um, But if, if you truly feel like this is a safety issue, um, a lot of times, if you have like a Medicare based insurance, you can uh, appeal your discharge. You can actually call your insurance and say, they're trying to discharge me. I want you to look at all my paperwork from this hospital and see if this is truly a safe discharge or not. And, um, yeah, they can actually overturn your, your discharge. Um, I don't recommend that in all cases because sure. it's not appropriate in all cases. Sure. Um, but so that's that is something that you can do too. And then on the back end, when you get your billing, uh, there are a number of different resources you have. I I promoed dollar four on my um Mm -hmm. Um, On my tiktokdollar4.org, they apply you for charity programs because most hospitals do have charity programs. Um, It's just not widely known. So if you get a big bill and you think that you might meet income requirements, you can apply for their charity program. In addition to that, um, there's another company called resolvemedicalbills.com. And what they do is they kind of hit it on all ends. So they will argue with your insurance company if they denied you for something. They'll argue with the hospital to see if they can lower your bill. They'll apply you for charity. Um, In addition to that, they'll try to argue if, like, the hospital puts you on too high of a payment plan, they'll negotiate your payment plan down. Wow. Yeah. So they're like an all-in-one. I just learned about them last week, and I'm like, wow! Oh, I, really I feel
0: like that's um, what what everyone needs is like an yes, assistant to exactly. hire And curve, if there is, is anyone
1: it? out there other than this company, they're doing great. They should have millions of employees. I'm I'm yes. all for it. But if there is anybody out there who wants to do something similar, like create something similar where they're advocating for the patient, that's what we need to be doing. Like we need to have more people coming over from like healthcare side of it and going to the patient advocacy side. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, there, there are a number of different things that you can do. It's hard to navigate as a patient though. I will say that like it's better to partner up with somebody who knows what they're doing because it's easily, you're easily manipulated in the system. Just to be quite honest, you will believe whatever the hospital or the insurance company tells you because you don't know any different. Um, so if you have these kind of companies who can go alongside you and be like, Hey, you know, that's not right. They're not telling the truth. Then it makes it a little bit of an easier process.
0: Yeah. And the, the advice that I find myself writing about in this next book is like, for me, it's such an emotionally draining process. Like I, I talked to yes. my therapist about it. I'm like, I've got to call my insurance this week. And like, I'm not looking forward to it. And so I find a way to set aside time. Like I put it in my calendar for like three hours. If that's what it takes. Yeah. I say like, I'm going to become a relentless Karen in these three hours and call and speak to whoever I need to speak to. I always ask speak them, to that manager yes speak to that manager <laughs> I I love that um I always ask them to write it down and notate it in yes. your art. that's like a big one I'm like make sure this conversation is recorded on my end as well I don't give a shit if it's illegal yeah. I'm gonna fucking record it because another thing what happens is they tell you all this gobbledygook to, mm-hmm. to know and then I'm like wait what am I supposed to do again I'm supposed to call who and the pharmacy and the this and the doctor and yes. so I record my conversations and I play them back and I like make an action plan because it's not just something you can go like oh I need to call my insurance and like figure it out it's like yeah no it's
1: it's a process every yes. single time yeah that is excellent advice Kelsey too um <laughs> if <laughs> if you if there was ever a time for Karen's Huh. It's when you are dealing with an insurance company or a hospital, I give anybody full permission to be a Karen to the hospital billing department <laughs> or the insurance, because literally that's what I do. So there's this and I'm going to take it, but there's, no, no, this, please. Uh, there, there's this process uh, whenever you're denied for like a procedure or something that you needed from your insurance, um, called a peer-to-peer where, uh, the doctor from the insurance company will call your doctor. Who's taking care of you mm. and they will argue over whether they should be covering that service or not.
0: Yeah. Whenever
1: I am talking to doctors who are about to do this peer-to-peer, cause it doesn't happen all the time. I'm like, listen, you need to not agree with one single thing that they're saying right if they say oh maybe you should try this other test first what don't even like oh yeah maybe i'll try that no like no Just it's unsafe no. for the patient it's unsafe for the patient it's you're denying me the care that i need So over and over, just it's unsafe for the patient. I'm not agreeing with you. You're impeding my care. Um, I always tell the doctors get the name and the, you know, the NPI, which is like their provider number of the doctor that you're talking to and say, guess what? If you deny my patient this care, I'm writing your name all over my chart because Mm -hmm. I want you to know that you are the one who denied my patient this thing that they needed. And whenever a a patient is calling to the insurance company, they need to be doing the same thing. Yeah. No, no, no. I am not gonna take this other medication that doesn't work. I am not gonna do this scan that's pointless. My doctor wants this and that is what's safe for me. And if Mm -hmm. you deny it, I am writing your name everywhere Mm -hmm. and you're gonna be held accountable. And usually when you are you know, that much of a care into them, they're more likely to give you the, the care that you need.
0: It's um, almost like a, a test of, of who can be on the phone longer. I feel like, right. <laughs> like I have no problem. I'll put on a TV show in the background. I'll put the captions on. I'll get a snack and I will just let's go, honey. And, and that's let's also, go. it's not to villainize also the people who are in the, Position of answering the most basic of like one eight hundred blue shield yeah, I'm yeah, Like no, I'm totally. not picking up the phone. Like hey you fucking bitch, take this bill. <laughs> like I don't go in that hot. I go in very. It's like a dance. It's like a song. It's like playing a part, and I'm I'm able to get to the level of what I need to. I mm-hmm. you you're probably gonna have to call more than one person. You're probably gonna have to call more than one time, a different day, and so that's like I think my best version of like, we've had this podcast for an hour and mm-hmm. it sounds so hopeless, but the truth is, is guess what? Like at the end of the day, the insurance company does not exist. If you are not paying the money to have insurance. And if you right. call and you say, I'm going to fucking switch insurance. Like I'm taking my mm-hmm. $600 a month that I pay you and I'm going somewhere else. Like it's yeah. like a cable company in a way. And so I, I don't want people to leave this episode hopeless because I leave your TikToks anything but hopeless. I get, like, fired up. And so I want people to know that, like, at the end of the day, as powerless as these systems feel, you know, yeah. we we do hold a, a position of power. And I think do? your advice is so great. Is like, the best armor you can have is the education and the knowledge. Mm-hmm. And, like... I don't know how we're going to make it appealing because God, this shit is boring as fuck. Like the code yeah. of the medication and the code of the prestige, like yeah, how we're going to make it more interesting for the generations to come, but we're all in this together. It, it should be something I think too, that we aren't afraid to ask for help with, ask a yeah. friend, call one of the numbers you mentioned, the companies I'll definitely make sure to link those below. Um, mm-hmm but I just think it's so great. I wish I could talk to you forever, but I know, I, I know that you've got so much to Thank come and, and I'm so grateful for what you're doing. And I say this, I'm sure on behalf of many, many people and listeners too, that like, you are so important and you're so valid and needed. And I wish I could suck all that imposter syndrome right out of you with a straw and fucking <laughs> spit it all over the fuck faces who are actually, uh, in, 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 you know, in charge of this shit. But um, please tell the confidants where we can find you and your work and all the brilliance that you're doing for us.
1: Yeah, so um TikTok at Christy Pierren, That's my main account. I do have the same handle for my Instagram, and that's pretty much all that I use. I'm working yes. on a website. But it will be up soon, and then I'll post it on my TikTok.
0: Perfect. Well, Christy, thank you so much again. You're so great. Um, I'm sure we're gonna chat again soon about all the the world of tiktok people although i'm going viral for different reasons i'm going viral for talking about my boyfriend farting into my butt i
1: saw day. that TikTok that was <laughs> freaking hilarious
0: it's like can i be an advocate <laughs> and also talk about my boyfriend farting into my ass like listen i have a
1: viral video kelsey of me telling people not to stick potatoes up their butt so <laughs>
0: It's that makes me feel better women are it multifaceted.
1: we should be allowed
0: to be multiple things it's, okay
1: listen it's 2021 women can be both funny and smart they we Ugh. we are not one trick ponies
0: anymore girl say it so louder we, can, we oh. can do both yes i love it okay chrissy well thank you so much Confidence, don't forget you can rate this podcast five stars on itunes if you're gonna rate it any less please don't read it at all because i'm very sensitive speaking of sensitive the merch is up still on thought catalog in shop catalog you can also buy the book there and be excited for um the second book and i just had an idea it just came in my head so you don't have to say yes but like i would love to include an interview with you in my new book i feel like we should transcribe some of this and like talk Let's about do stuff it. i feel Not like that's awful. very Countless. needed oh my god okay yeah, great 100%. <laughs> all right we will see you next week Ta-ta. Bye.